two Big 12 ejections, I'd look at and be like, yeah, maybe that's a coincidence. Three, we know what's going on here. A message is being sent by coaches across the Big 12 conference to the league office and to the officials. That's what's going on across Big 12 basketball right now. I'm Pete Mundo. Welcome in. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is where you find us covering the Big 12 Conference. We appreciate you being here, joining us as a part of the show. So on Monday night, Big Monday, Lubbock, Texas, Kevin McCullough supposed to make his return. Of course, he did not play, but a big-time game for Texas Tech and KU. And the storyline is not just Texas Tech blowing out Kansas, and Kansas continues to struggle away from Allen Fieldhouse. It's another Big 12 coach getting the first ejection, not of his career in this case, but the first ejection since he's been a coach in this conference. And that was Bill Self. Bill Self got tossed from this game on Monday night, and it happened a week and a half after Scott Drew got ejected from his first game and about a week after Kelvin Sampson got tossed from his first game ever at Houston. I mean, these are career firsts in many cases happening for three of the premier coaches in this conference, and they have had enough. They are done with the Big 12 officiating, and as I said last week, the league office has got to look at this, and I know that there's not Big 12 officials per se. I understand, and Matthew Postens and I talked about this last week, but something is going on where the coaches feel like they're not getting the right draw of quality officials, and it's got to change, and it's got to change ASAP. So by the way, if you're on YouTube, do me a solid. Hit that thumbs up at the bottom of the video. Helps us tremendously. Subscribe to the show if you're a Big 12 fan. That way you never miss an episode here at heartlandcollegesports.com. We so appreciate you doing that on the podcast. Hey, we continue to rank highly on the podcast on iTunes, Spotify. So take two seconds out, leave us a five-star. And if you want that rating and review, we'll get you the Heartland College Sports Koozie when you send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. So Bill Self, after the game, commented about his ejection. And he said, I did say a magic word, I guess, multiple times that got me a couple of technicals. And at this point, KU was getting blown out. So Bill Self knew what he was doing. And here's the thing. It looked like it was maybe tied to a play after Hunter Dickinson was called for an offensive foul under the basket. But for Bill Self, he really noted that that call was just a microcosm of officiating at large in the Big 12 this season. He said, I honestly feel the game's not being called the way it needs to be called. Regardless of whether it's in our favor or their favor, it makes no difference to me. That was frustration, but I felt that all year. That is Bill Self saying effectively what Scott Drew, the Baylor head coach, Mac Rhodes, the Baylor AD, who got fined 25 grand, Kelvin Sampson, who got tossed out of his game last week going off like a maniac against Oklahoma State, and now Bill Self have all said this is not about one play. It's not about one official. It's not about one moment. It is about continuous issues with the officiating in the Big 12 Conference. And for the league that rightfully wants to call itself the best conference in America, 
you can't have, and this is not like your lower tier coaches, and no offense to anyone who would consider some of the Big 12 coaches lower tier, but it's not like the new guys, right? It's not the Grant McCaslins. Um, it's not, you know, the Josh Eilerts, and that's not me disrespecting them, but my point is it's not the new guys who are throwing a fit. I, these are guys who have between them thousands of wins and national championships. Scott Drew, Bill Self, Kelvin Sampson. I mean, you put those three basketball minds in a room, and you'll have as much basketball information as you could possibly find anywhere on the planet if you were to sit down with those three dudes. So you can't tell me that the quality of coach who has gotten kicked out of games the last week and a half is just a coincidence. Two, I'll give you maybe a coincidence. Three, you got yourself a problem. Bill Self has coached 722 games at KU, and this was the first time he got tossed. Only one other time in his 31 seasons as a college head coach was he thrown out of a game, and it came in 1999 when he was coaching at Tulsa, and his Golden Hurricane were playing against Wyoming. That's It was a quarter century ago, hundreds of games, when Bill Self last got thrown out of a basketball game as a head coach. Kelvin Sampson tossed out first time at Houston. Scott Drew thrown out of a game for the first time as a head coach in his life. Coincidence? Not a chance. No way. And Brett Yormark was at that game, by the way. Brett Yormark saw it happening. He watched it unfold and loved it. He has got to see what's going on here and realize, I don't know what the short answer is. I mean, ideally, I've said this about the NFL. Bring the officials in-house, make them full-time employees, and be done with it. But if the NFL is not going to do it because they're too cheap, then there's no way the Big 12 is going to do it. But I'd like to think, I mean, gosh, the quality of officials you could get if you made them full-time employees of your league, I know there's a cost associated with that. I get it. And the schools would have to sign off because you'd have to, you know, take some of the distribution money from the schools and probably put it into a pot for the league to bring on full-time officials. And I don't see that happening. I'm not going to, you know say something that's not realistic but man it would be good it would be really good to watch unfold so it's something though that brett yormark's gonna have to look at and he's gonna have to address sooner rather than later so i'm pete mundo heartland college sports great to have you guys on board here as we talk about the big 12 and everything uh going on so big 12 media days i know this isn't necessarily um impactful for many of you personally but i do want to spend some time on this Big 12 media days, according to Dave Campbell's Texas football, set for Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. That's where the Raiders play in July, July 9th and 10th. Now, I've been critical of this move. They are leaving Arlington. They've had this thing at Jerry World for the last bunch of years. Before that, it was at the Star in Frisco, the Cowboys practice facility. And uh, now they're going to Vegas. And the Big 12 says it's because of scheduling conflicts at AT&T Stadium, soccer games or something like that. Maybe it's true. I'm sure it is true. I take them at their word. But giving up your footprint in Dallas does not make any sense to me to go to Vegas. It just doesn't for these media days, which I know if you're a Big 12 fan, media days is not something you necessarily go to. There's no point in you going to it unless they kind of create a fan experience around it. But one of the key reasons the Big 12 felt it's so important to keep the basketball tournament in Kansas City, which they're right to do, is because there's nothing special in Vegas. Like, even 
for the Super Bowl last week. I'm in Kansas City, as many of you know, and I talked to a lot of people who were there at the Super Bowl, reporters and fans. And what they all told me is that when they got in their Ubers, they would say to their Uber driver, man, it must be crazy this week. And the Uber driver would be like, nah, just Vegas, like every week's like this. Conventions, tourism, gambling, all the nonsense that goes on in Vegas, like every week is the same for the most part, right? Now, the Super Bowl, okay, fine, maybe next level, but you get it. Like, Vegas is Vegas. You're never going to stand out in Vegas, and that's the point that Brett Yormark made when he elected to keep the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. Part of his approach and his attitude was, we own Kansas City. We're in the heart of the Big 12 footprint. Why would we give that up when Kansas City gives us all of their love to go to Vegas? Well, I would say in large part the same thing about media days. Dallas is far easier for most Big 12 media folks to get to than Vegas. Now, I get it. You can fly from Vegas to most places in this country. But I guarantee you it's not as easy for folks coming from, say, West Virginia, from Des Moines. I mean, I can get a direct flight from Kansas City, so it's not a big deal. I'm not talking about me. I'm not making it personal. But folks in Wichita, let's say you used to be able to drive to Dallas. Now I've got to fly to Dallas. There's Maybe there's a direct flight, but there's probably not many of them. Uh, got to fly to Dallas, connect, go to Vegas. This is only convenient for the Utah schools, the Arizona schools, and maybe Colorado. That's it. Think this is convenient for reporters in Orlando? And they can get direct flights, but what's that, a five-hour flight? And you're giving up the heart of Big 12 country. The heart of, in many ways, premier college football. And I say that, or high school football, probably the best way to put it, too. It's Houston, it's Dallas, you know, rank them one, two, two, one, whatever you want to do. But why you would give up that local media exposure to go to Vegas, where you're just another convention, I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me from a Big 12's perspective. And I also worry, and I've heard this from some national media folks, that there could be less media. Now, maybe some people will go because it's Vegas. But in a year when media budgets are tightening up, if you didn't see this, um, there were, I just want to make sure I have the 800 people laid off today from Paramount CBS. And a lot of those folks were from 24-7 sports. Uh, you know, I saw some of their national guys were let go. I just want to make sure I have the number right. But those are a lot of talented dudes who just got let go from 247. And if you think that this is something that is just going to not impact how many people end up going to Vegas for media days, you're kidding yourself. Big 12 might end up with less coverage because of this. And that's the last thing the Big 12 needs. They do not need to deal with less media coverage. 800 employees laid off from Paramount Global following uh, the Super Bowl broadcast. And that includes people from 247 Sports. So just something to note. and and. I, I'd love to be wrong. I hope it's a great showing for the Big 12, but I have concerns about it. Now, meantime, on the football side of things, big news coming down on Tuesday around the college football playoff, agreeing to a six-year, $7.8 billion extension. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports. Thanks for being here. Subscribe to the show. If you're new on YouTube, hit that thumbs up on the video as well. It helps us out tremendously. And on the podcast, drop that five-star before you head out. 
Now, let me explain why ESPN's multi-billion dollar contract extension with the college football playoff may not be great for the Big 12. Let's get into that here on the show. This kind of sucks. And let me explain why. We know that ESPN loves itself some SEC. It always has. And that's only going to get worse as ESPN begins this season as the only home of the SEC. The SEC is not going to be anywhere else but on ESPN properties. And now ESPN will continue, assuming this deal gets approved, as the exclusive home of the 12-team college football playoff. Now, if you're a Big 12 fan, you might be saying, well, hold on. ESPN's got a bunch of the Big 12 package. They split it with Fox, right? Yeah, that's all good. Yeah, okay. But where do you think their bread is buttered? Where do you think their money's being made? It's being made from the SEC. It's being made from and through ESPN. And that is their biggest property when it comes to college sports. That's why the ESPN SEC deal is give or take double, if not more, the ESPN Big 12 deal. And ESPN's only paying half of that because Fox is on the hook for half of that as well. So it's a different animal. And I know we don't want to think about SEC, ESPN, incestual nature, you know, sleeping with each other and then promoting the right products. I buy into that. This website started at Heartland College Sports because I saw that writing on the wall 10 years ago. I literally spent the first few years of my media career in Oklahoma covering the Big 12. I moved to New York. I'm still watching Big 12. And I said, gosh, I'm sick of the ESPN bias with the SEC. So Heartland College Sports starts with me and this laptop. In, well, not this laptop, literally. I've gotten new laptops in the last 10 years, I promise. Um, but that's how this whole thing started. And it's only going to get worse. I mean, I hate to say this, but as someone who's a fan of college game day, I'm afraid the Big 12 is never going to see another college game day. It, it's going to have to be monumental for the Big 12 to get itself a college game day game. They're going to go to the SEC basically every week. They will rarely go to the Big Ten unless it's like Ohio State, Michigan, because that's all in with Fox. So they're going to be going to basically the best SEC game every week. And maybe they sprinkle in an ACC and a Big 12 game here and there. But of the 14 broadcasts, let's say they'll do it during the regular season, if at least 10 of them aren't SEC, I'm going to be stunned. So just understand the business model. They are in, and they, they will succeed more the more hype they get around the SEC and the more likely it is that the SEC finds itself in the college football playoff. Playoff, yeah, the college football playoff with the 12-team playoff the better off the conference will be. The payouts will be higher. ESPN will get more money out of that, of course. It is better. They will get more money for their next SEC deal. They'll be able to charge more for inventory in those SEC games. It just keeps the hamster wheel churning. And that's what they're going to be in the business of. And that's why it's you know, a very dicey time for the Big 12. Now, we have to find out and wait to see how the college football playoff committee, which is compromised of, you know, ADs and presidents and everything else, uh, how they format this thing. It was going to be six, really the six highest ranked conference champions, 
which was probably going to be the Power Five and then six at-larges. With the Pac-12 effectively dissolving, it looks like that number is going to be maybe five and seven. But now you have the Big Ten and the SEC putting together this advisory committee that they've developed. And you know what that is as well as I do. That is the Big Ten and the SEC trying to use their weight and muscle their way into a situation that is as beneficial for them as possible in this playoff. They might be negotiating for two automatic bids each. And by the way, I'll give you the SEC as the cop conference in the country, but I'll tell you right now, Big Ten is wildly overrated. Now, they got better with Washington, Oregon, USC, and UCLA, but hell, the UCLA head coach just left for a coordinator position, Chip Kelly. So that job ain't all it's hyped up to be. USC has Lincoln Riley, one good year, one wildly mediocre year. And yeah, Washington was playing for a natty. Great. So was TCU two years ago. Let's see him keep it up, especially with their head coach going to Alabama. And Oregon's got a great program. But man, there's a lot of junk in the Big Ten. There's Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and a lot of junk in terms of the old Big Ten schools. So I believe the Big Ten's always been wildly overrated. And um, we'll see how that plays out as they put together this advisory group with the SEC. But for the Big 12, I'd be doing everything I can do to continue to strengthen my conference, look at some ACC schools if there's intrigue there, and try to get that best foot forward. That's what I'd be looking at if I was Brett Yormark in the Big 12. And he might very well be doing that right now. But it doesn't end. Just because you expanded to 16 and you got yourself in a very good position right now, it never ends. The chaos in college athletics knows no bounds from NIL insanity to which is the Wild West to the transfer portal nuttiness to, you know, what's going to happen here at the playoff. There are no guardrails and this sport desperately needs guardrails with all of the above with the playoff, with NIL, with the portal, because if not, you're going to see more guys leaving, retiring early, leaving saying this is nuts. It's completely out of control. And frankly, it is. Now, it hasn't kept the Blue Bloods as high up and in as much of a cabal as they were in, because now a five-star guy's not playing at Bama. He can get out. Like, I'm all good with that. I think that makes sense. But you have got to have guardrails on this thing. Because right now, there are none. And while it's not hurting the sport in the short term, there will be long-term ramifications that have got to be figured out. I'm Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. We appreciate you guys being here and uh, joining us as a part of this show. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. And uh, as we roll through this show, I want to make sure that you guys know that we are always here for you. And we hope you'll subscribe. We hope you'll join us. And we hope that you will continue to make Heartland College Sports your home for everything Big 12. And we've got basketball heating up. We've got softball underway. And we've got all those things covered. And, of course, join our free Heartland College Sports message boards. I'm Pete Mundo. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit the thumbs up. Thank you, guys. And, of course, as always, we will also be looking for that five-star rating and review on the podcast. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Go Big 12.